Welcome to the Weight Training Podcast with your host, Tracy Waite. Hey, welcome back to the Weight Training Podcast. Coach Tracy Waite here checking in with you. Happy April to you. This is uh, an episode that I've been wanting to do for quite a while. Um, I have things that pop into my head that I just have to get out. And I think it's important to share from my experience and my perspective as a, a club volleyball coach and a athletic and performance training professional what it is that I believe is uh, successful and is beneficial and is creating a positive change for those that we work with as well as within uh, the, the environment and the industry we work in, which is coaching. Um, I'm specifically talking, when I say coaching uh, team sports, to club volleyball. I'm a club volleyball coach here in Colorado. Uh, this is We're in the thick of club volleyball season currently, and I'm always thinking of ways that I can bring more value to the team that I'm coaching and to get better as a coach. I'm always reading and listening to podcasts and watching videos and uh, talking to other coaches to just fine-tune my craft, which is coaching, because I want to be as effective as possible with every interaction that I have with our team and with our parents and with other players and other teams and other coaches, because I think that we have a really big responsibility to make sure that we are creating um, an environment and a dynamic where we are being a really good example and a good version of what healthy, good, positive, um, beneficial coaching looks like. You know, I have as one of my driving factors as to why I coach is I want to help develop high-performing humans and that's not just on the volleyball court, but that's in life. So I'm always looking at ways that I can use the, the venue of sports to be able to interject life lessons that are going to pop up as you go through life. And knowing how to mentally wrap your brain around certain challenges like teamwork, uh, adversity, making mistakes, goal setting... Uh, skill development, all of those things are very important and they're not just important when you're a youth and you're in high school or in junior high, but it's also important to make sure that you continue that and that's what I want to instill is a love of self-improvement and self-awareness of what areas in your life that you could clean up and fine-tune and improve to be able to have better interactions with your family, with co-workers, with friends, with uh, employers, those are all things that are important and I think having that type of a dynamic or perspective for your entire life is important. You know, I work with in my personal training and athletic performance, I work with some adults um, and that and a lot of it's around just getting in shape and losing weight. But uh, when you really talk, talk to and you get down to the root causes of why some people have put on weight and why they are where they are in their life and why they're now choosing to make a change, a lot of it comes to they've just gotten complacent and they've gotten to a point in their life where they haven't had a really big success that they can point to personally. And that's something that rubs off on everything else in your life. And so when you stop having those wins and you stop having those victories in your own personal life, um, 
it affects everything around you and you become a little bit uh, not lazy but complacent and you stop driving as hard as you could as when you were younger because uh, you maybe had some life experiences that have beat you up a bit and you've had some disappointments maybe you've had some relationship failures and you know now you're kind of like that uh, you know that laboratory rat that's been burned a couple of times when they uh, touch the wrong button and so you're afraid to try again you're afraid to dream you're afraid to go and put yourself out there or expand your comfort zone because you're afraid of getting disappointed or hurt again and that's dangerous it's dangerous just from a perspective of being able to live a complete life and being able to live as full as you'd like to and you know when you're on your uh, last day here on earth you know not having a huge long list of big regrets that you wish that you'd had uh, put more effort into or wish you to accomplish because uh, you stopped trying so that's a really big lead-in to my topic today which is to make sure that we're leading by example um, it's important as coaches that we have a way of setting the tone of how we want our teams to interact how it is that they want we want them to talk to themselves how it is we want them to uh, overcome obstacles and adversity and to work together as teammates um, how it is that we want them to work and condition themselves off the court or off the field how it is we want them to be when it comes to food choices rest all of that stuff is hugely important and it all starts with wait for it us as coaches you know so let's talk a little bit about this setting an example so let's talk a little bit about um, I had this pop up not too long ago this was a question um, that somebody had for me on Instagram and it said that they have some players that are gaining weight and you know they continue to gain weight and you know they're not all that uh, healthy and you know, it's affecting their athleticism you know how do we have that conversation with our athletes well uh, I think it really starts with what kind of an example are we setting as a coach if we are a coach and I don't want you to take this the wrong way but if we're a coach that is overweight and is not healthy and we're not living a healthy lifestyle the example starts with us you know we have lots of eyes looking to us as to how we live our life and if we are overweight and we're drinking lots of soda and we're eating fast food and we stay up late and we don't drink enough water and we're not choosing good food choices that help to sustain a healthy fit lifestyle then we're going to have teams that are going to be seeing that and they're going to think that that's okay we can't have a double standard of hey well i was different when i was playing or when i was your age we're in a day and an age where uh, club sports and even high school sports are extremely competitive and in order for us to be able to take it to the next level as coaches we have to be able to set an example when it comes to health and fitness gone are the days where you can be somebody that's not healthy and uh, be okay with that because especially in club sports we have parents and I even have athletes that are paying themselves to participate in club sports and they're paying thousands of dollars per year to participate well, part of that is there are customers and they expect and they deserve to have a really good product from a example standpoint of who it is that's leading them. So 
that's not to say that if you are overweight and you're not fit and healthy yet, um, that it's too late. No, you just have to start working on that. And that's something where um, I think sharing your journey is important too, because that really like that Instagram question that I got, sharing your journey of getting healthy and what it is that you changed in your life to be able to get yourself back to um, the fitness level that you wanted to be at. I think it's really important to know what it feels like to do that so that you are able to set an example and share that with your athletes. And this brings me to my second point on this is we need to really be careful that when we have athletes that are coming to us and asking us how it is that they can take their game to the next level and to improve as athletes, and if there's somebody that's not healthy and they're overweight, we never, 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 ever want to talk about um, body composition or you know how much weight they have or what they look like because that is not their identity and we do not want to be somebody that is participating in this culture of identity being what we look like because there is so much more under the skin that these kids have and these athletes have that we need to make sure that we are not being uh, coaches or being anybody in their lives that is talking about um, what they look like because somebody that's overweight they have too much fat and that is a temporary state if they want it to be that is they have fat they are not fat it is there's a big difference and it's not what who they are and if we start um, contributing to that you know hey you're fat and you're overweight you know there's really not a whole lot of actionable steps to that how we approach this differently and what we say instead is we start talking about their goals and what is it that you really want to accomplish in this sport? What is it that you want to develop from a skill standpoint? And when we start having that conversation, then we can get into what it's going to take to get to that level still without having to talk about or to bring up that they're overweight and if they just dropped all that weight that they'd be able to immediately fix all of this stuff. No, we want to talk about what it takes to develop that next level skill that they're looking for and we just start giving them a recipe of what it's going to take to do that. And that comes from workouts, sleep, hydration, and feeding yourself high-quality foods that support the type of athlete that you want to be. And naturally, as a byproduct from that, from watching us as examples and their teammates that are following this recipe as well, they slowly and surely will start to have a more fit, healthy um, athletic body just as a byproduct of that and we never ever, ever had to bring it up it's just something that believe me they know but we don't have to talk about it because we want to build them up as much as we can we want to bring up build up their belief we want to build up their confidence and we want to build up their um, their self-confidence but also their uh, ability to be really comfortable with who they are in their skin and the skin that they live in and that comes from being confident self-assured and that's something that we want to reinforce as often as possible by telling them how much we believe in them and how much progress that they're making so that's uh, what i have to say on that topic but the next topic is i want to talk a little bit about how coaches verbally communicate with their teams especially during games when you're on the sideline because I think that the way coaches communicate and the way that they carry themselves 
and the way that they are able to control and use their emotions in a positive way can have a huge amount of impact as to what type of performance your athletes are putting out on the floor. So let's start with practice. It all starts in practice. It starts with every interaction that you have with your athletes. And this is something that I had to learn. Um, but I, it actually was pointed out to me in a couple of books that I read and some really good coaching mentors that I uh, was able to interact with on podcasts. The way that you practice your team, the amount of time, effort, and energy you put into your practice plans by whiteboarding or putting together um, a practice plan that's printed out on paper, the amount of time, and this is something John Wooden always talked about, you should be putting in as much or more time planning every practice as the actual practice takes to um, be conducted itself. Because the more emphasis you're putting into practice and the more structured it is and the more that it has blocks of things that you're wanting to accomplish and the build on itself, practice after practice, the more that you're going to have a team that is going to put itself in a position to have been exposed to the skills, the effort, the energy, the attitude, the intensity that you want to see during um, the performance when they're, when the game is on the line. And this will come a lot, will go a long way into determining how it is that you conduct yourself emotionally on the sidelines with your team. Because let me tell you, just think about it. If you're different in practice than how you are during the games, your team is going to know it and it's going to really adversely affect your team if it is a negative difference from how you are in practice. There was a coach at the University of Washington that said that uh, this was a big wake-up call for him, said that his players said that they'll play for a hard ass, but they're not going to play for an ass. So what that's basically saying in layman's terms is that they want athletes want a coach that's going to stretch them and is going to stretch them just outside their comfort zone but not enough to break them. But they're not going to play for somebody that is uh, giving them personal attacks, criticizing, complaining, condemning, and just being negative because that's not really coaching. That is being personal and being uh, personally uh, attacked by the performance that you're seeing in your athletes. And it all goes back to practice. If you're practicing the way you want your teams to play, then during the tournaments, you should not be surprised one way or the other of the product that's out there on the court. Because if your team is playing um, how they practice, and usually they're always going to play a little bit under how they practice because you settle to the level in which um, you practice the most. It's, you, may, you may have times during games or tournaments where you rise up and you exceed how you've ever played before. But really when it comes down to it, when you're in a stressed situation, you're going to settle back to what you're most comfortable with and you know that you're going to be able to execute more often than not. So in a game, especially when it's tight, you know, let's say in volleyball, the game is uh, 23 to 21. Your team is down by two. You just had to call a timeout because the other team has rattled off three points in a row on serves and your team has uh, struggled with serve receive and has just shanked those serves out of bounds and they weren't successful. So you call a timeout, you're frustrated, um, but 
does that come out in your voice, your uh, tone and inflection, in the, your facial expressions? Or are you able to control your emotions because number one, you realize that this is just a game and the object of the game is to have fun and for them to stay loose and to enjoy themselves and to be able to play to the highest of their abilities, they need to not be tense and nervous. Because the first thing that's gonna make them tense and nervous is if when you call that timeout and you bring them into the huddle and you're frustrated internally because they've shanked those, those last three serves and all you do is berate them about, you know, how can you make those, those passing errors? You know, I can't believe all the mistakes that you're making. You know, you, you guys really are better players than this and you just are not even putting out the effort and, you know, you sub some people out and, you know, you say it's because, you know, they're not doing the things that they're supposed to be doing. Well, all of that stuff might make you feel better, but it's not going to help what you see out on the court. It's actually only gonna make it worse. And you might get lucky and have some kids that, you know, despite your best efforts to derail things, not knowing it, um, are able to get out of that service rotation and to execute a play. But girls especially, and girls and boys are different, but girls especially don't respond well to yelling, criticizing, condemning, complaining, and negative behavior. They are about team. They are about feeling um, a part of that team. They're about uh, doing something for the team. And they're about people believing in them. They, a lot of times girls don't want to be singled out. You know, as to when you're in the huddle saying, hey, um, Chelsea, I know that you're going to make this play. You know, sometimes girls feel too much pressure by having been singled out like that. They want to know as a team that they can do what it takes. And a lot of times, I think it's very healthy for the coach to ask the team when you come to the sidelines for that timeout, what is it that you need? What is it that you guys think that you need to execute um, when we go back out there on the floor without talking about the last three plays? Because we're always talking to them about getting over the last play um, when it's a mistake. But why is it that we bring it up? Why is it we bring up those three shanks? We're talking to them as, you know, hey, you got the next one and that uh, you can get on to the next play. But why is it that we keep it alive as coaches or think that it's important or helpful to talk about what just happened out there? We want to be forward thinking. We want them to be thinking about that next play. We want them to be thinking about um, the strategy of what we want to employ when they get back out there on the floor instead of drawing attention and focus to what it is that has just happened, which is unsuccessful passes. So I hope that makes sense. Uh, I really wanted to make um, the point because I've seen it both ways and this is not something that I'm always perfect on. We all are emotional beings and it's difficult, especially in the heat of the moment, to not let our emotions come out in an inappropriate manner. But this brings me to the, my, my next point on this is setting the example. Especially when it comes to volleyball, communication and team talking in between points or talking to each other or talking positively or being optimistic, those are all hugely important. And we set the example as to how it is that we're talking. So when the girls are out there playing and they're on the sidelines and they look over at us, are we being positive? Are we clapping our hands? Are we being encouraging? Are we believing in them? 
are we showing on our face that we're excited? Because girls play really well when they're excited, animated, and feeling really good, positive vibes. They don't play so well when they see a lack of excitement, they see no emotion on the coach's face or their teammates on the sidelines. They really respond to and wear what their teammates are showing from an emotional standpoint on their voices, their tone inflection, and their faces. And so we as coaches need to know that. And I think it's important to look at videos of how you are on the sidelines to see if you're being that encouraged, positive, uplifting, edifying uh, individual coach that really is going to set the tone and the example of what it is that you want your team to be doing out on the court. It's okay to be the cool, calm, collected so that uh, you're not too excited and showing the wrong types of emotion. But when it comes to positive emotions, um, that is what something is. It's something that creates momentum very quickly in a positive direction because momentum is cruel. It can, it can be in your favor one minute and then it can be in the other team's favor the other minute. And I've always seen, and I am a big proponent of this, that the more positive you are and the more you believe in your teams and the more you can encourage them with uh, comments about their effort, energy, and attitude and making the next play and celebrating when they do make great plays and not getting all bent out of shape when they make a unsuccessful play has a huge, did I emphasize that enough? Huge amount of uh, impact onto the team that you see out on the court and how they're executing. So that's something that we as coaches, especially guys, when you're coaching a girls volleyball team, it's harder sometimes to show that. But this is where the self-improvement comes in and always looking at areas that you can improve and get better. This is one of those and making sure that you are not being the one that's dragging your team down by the type of emotion that you're showing. There's good and there's bad and we want to make sure that we're showing the positive. So the difference between boys and girls, this is something, you know, going back to my point just before that, is that we want to make sure that we understand that girls and boys are a little bit different and they're wired a little differently. Boys are more, they can be great teammates and they do have the ability to have an extreme amount of camaraderie and to uh, achieve really great things when they're moving together and moving forward. But they can also take a lot more direct criticism um, about what it is that they need to change to get better because they are really performance-driven and performance-oriented, and they really want to know what it's going to take to get to that next level, how to jump higher, how to hit harder, how to throw farther, how to be more consistent or to have better stats. That's something that guys really uh, pay a lot of attention to. So you can, and they'll respond a little bit more to some direct, a little bit more um, aggressive tone and inflection, I guess. But you still have to realize that they are people too and that they have uh, self-image and they have self-confidence that we need to make sure that we're moving in a positive direction. And being inappropriate, negative, and criticizing and condemning and complaining too often to boys is not positive either. But we can be a little more direct and we can ask a little bit more of them. But we just have to understand that uh, there is a point and there's a line that you can cross, though, when it comes to that. And I think that the more consistent you can stay, 
with your tone inflection, whether you're coaching boys or girls, um, the more successful you're going to be and the more consistent that your teams will be. So setting the example, this is uh, you know, a huge part of coaching and especially this day and age in 2019 at the recording of this podcast, it's something where just being an old school coach where you know anything goes and you know the experience in your head and never learn anything new is good enough um i have to disagree i think that the coaches that are the most successful and the ones that continually to have a consistent product out on the floor or the field or the court with their teams are the ones that are growing and improving themselves and they are a fantastic example of not just people they have character and integrity with how they live their lives and they're a great example of what it means to be the age that they are when your athletes um, are achieving that age because we want athletes that are not only growing and improving when they're on their sports teams but want them growing and improving and uh, continually looking to be better in their lives um, for as long as possible and that's something that we can set the tone of and we can be the example for that nope we don't have to be perfect and yes um, i want to put this little caveat in that you know it's uh, very important that you understand you know how much value you're providing these kids just by coaching because it is not a high-paid profession if you're even getting paid at all and so i have a huge amount of um gratitude for those of you that are coaching and are helping these youth to be able to have the ability to play sports but in addition to that even if you've just started start learning about how to do your profession and your craft better and better it's not only going to help your coaching but it's going to help other areas of your life and i think that when you are around these excited um, energetic young people and you have experiences that are unbelievably uh, healthy and are driven with improvement it's not only going to help your teams but it's going to help you in your life also knowing that you're making a difference and you're able to apply some of the things that you're learning to work with on your teams in your own life and it just starts to be kind of a, a magnet and it attracts good things to you in a lot of different areas and I might get into that in a different podcast but uh, I don't think you can be too positive or optimistic because that draws that type of dynamic to you so that's all i've got for you guys today i'm sorry for my rambling but i just kind of had to get this out of my head it's uh something that i've been thinking about over the last few months and tournaments and i've taken the time to go and introduce myself to some coaches that we've coached against or that i've uh, been refereeing and i can see the coaches on the sidelines that are doing it right and that are doing it at a very high level and I can see the respect that their athletes and their teams have for them and I always go up and make sure that uh, I mention you know just what a big fan I am of how they coach and the interactions that they have with their athletes because um, we can't share that enough with each other that you know when we witness someone doing a great job and putting out a high quality product um, yes it may be the team you're playing against and yes they might have beat you but it all comes down to the experience that the kids are getting and uh, you know are they getting a really good high quality experience and that all starts with us and continually making sure that we're doing the best that we can um, to make sure that that's healthy positive and forward focused for not just the athletes but our families so 
Have a great week out there. Can't wait to catch up to you guys soon. I got some good interviews coming, I promise. So stay tuned to the Weight Training Podcast. We'll check them with you soon. Take care.